Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, everybody, welcome back to Positively Wrestling. I am Tim Kennard, and across the computer screen is definitely uh, the heel to my baby face, the the brain to my gorilla, the, um, I don't know, I guess the, the face that runs the space and puts all the evil in its place, Stephen Davidson. <laughs> a lot of rhyming, Tim. Hey, 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 hey. sometimes I get on a kick. Um, yeah. But yeah. that's okay. I uh, hope everybody's doing good out there. How are you doing, Steve? I'm I'm doing okay. I have to start today with an apology to everybody. Okay. I am so sorry for how my voice sounds. I went back and listened to most of the first week. That's what I sound like. I apologize to you, Tim. I apologize to all my family and friends, my girlfriend, my students. I apologize to everyone. If there was something I could do about it, I would. But this is what you're stuck with. Now you know what I've been putting up with for the past I, 30 I, years. <laughs> I, yeah, I, uh, I'm very appreciative. <laughs> don't worry about it. And you don't sound that bad. Stop <laughs> it. Not that bad. <laughs> uh, well, thanks for joining us out there today, guys and uh, gals. Uh, today we're going to be talking about uh, stuff that went on this past week. Uh, going to start with some AEW and go from there. Uh, definitely going to review some Survivor Series and even Raw from this past Monday. So I say, you know, we're going to start as always with our three count, which my challenge last week uh, to Steve was your three uh, favorite wrestling video games of all time. And uh, Steve, I'm going to turn it over to you to give us number three. All right. I went with, like you said, my favorite video games. Not necessarily the best, although I do think all three of them were good in their own ways. So my number three is WCW NWO Revenge. This was on N64. Mm -hmm. It was uh, produced by Aki, who was very popular, and they went on to do No Mercy. Um, No Mercy is that was their WWF game. One of their WWF games, uh-huh. and, uh, probably technically better than revenge, but revenge was kind of, it wasn't the first one exactly like this, but it was really good. And it was the one I had a lot of, a lot of fun with. I remember it felt very much like a wrestling simulation yes. when you were playing. And I remember this one match, I was actually over at your house and uh, I was not wrestling you. I was against the the AI, but I was playing as six, or X-Pac, or 123Kid, or Sean Waltman, whatever you want to call him. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I was against him, not playing as him. I was playing as Dean Malenko. And um, we were just having this war, and it felt like an actual pay-per-view match. And both of us were just about dead. Basically, whoever got the next big move was going was gonna to win the match. And we were outside, and he threw me in the ring, and he he came in and he started to uh, pick me up to finish me off with his finisher. But I countered with a leg sweep, which left me perfect position to put on the Texas Cloverleaf, which I did. And then he tapped out and it was the most amazing 
finish to any video game wrestling match I've ever had. It felt just like an actual match. And yeah, so I think that memory alone got this game on my list. Yes, and now that you talk about it, I do remember that. That was yeah. crazy. It was I remember sweet. we were cheering. We were like, yeah, yeah! Like, oh yeah. my goodness. Yeah. Oh, so awesome. Yes, yeah, so I was very fond of WCW and OEO No Mercy as well. Revenge. Uh, revenge. No revenge. Mercy, revenge. Yeah. revenge. <laughs> Mixing them up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, because that was a follow-up to WCW NWO World Tour. Yes. Um, which uh, on PlayStation 1 was WCW versus the world, and they added the NWO, and they slapped it on in, in Nintendo 64. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Revenge, uh, like they punched up the graphics a bit. You had the entrances that looked really cool, and they had mm-hmm. the, even though it sounded horrible to us, it was awesome, the digitized theme music as mm-hmm. they were coming out. Um, I remember I really liked the look and playing as Raven in that. Ah, yes, yes. Um, it was very, very cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, great pick. Uh, for me, number three, uh, a more recent one in the past couple of years called Fire Pro Wrestling World. Mm-hmm. And of course, I, I brought this over on my computer and we played it. Uh, some, I guess it was before, it was two WrestleManias ago. Um, and the simulation of this game is what makes me love it. So like playing the game, you know, it's okay. I don't like the controller mechanics really. (laughs) Um, They take, it's a, it's a pretty steep learning curve anyway to get the timing down. Mm. Um, But I love the simulation and being able to set up and create anybody you want. And just about any move you can think of is in this game. So you can create, Anybody from today's rosters, uh, I mean, it's not graphically the most impressive game. It really isn't. It is akin to those throwback like Super Nintendo uh, in 64 games, um, but it's a little more pixel perfect. Um, but I remember we set up a, a simulation. I think it was um, Charlotte versus Oscar because we were trying to run down the card uh, of what was on Mania. And we're like, okay. And it's like, oh, you know, they probably don't have her doing the bridge on the figure four. And then she did it. And we're just like, what? Yeah. The figure uh, eight. Yeah. Yeah. And she did the figure eight. And then Oscar, uh, I can't remember what, I think like the flying butt bomb or whatever you, you know, <laughs> the butt missile. I don't, I don't think Man, it's not what that's called, but I no, it's it definitely was. not what it's called. Uh, <laughs> well, it is now. For it us. is now. Uh, and can you, <laughs> now I just, can't wait to hear Samoa Joe screaming that uh, on commentary. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I just I love that aspect of the game, and it's just one of those that I enjoy simming and watching uh, more so than playing. And I like watching some of those matches uh, as much as I like watching real matches on TV. Um, so yeah, I do, I love Fire Pro Wrestling World. I think it's- I, I wish I had it. It's on PS4, and I don't have a playstation and i do have a switch and it seems perfect for the switch yes and i can't believe it's not on the switch i want it just because it's got the stardom roster yes and i want to use the stardom roster because that's freaking cool to me and so yeah come on bring it to the switch i don't know what's up with that yeah or i mean xbox too come on why is it just ps4 mm-hmm. and pc yeah. let's go yeah uh, but All yeah right. number two for me is also recent. In fact, it's very recent. It's been going for a while. WWE Supercard. Ah. Not a traditional pick, 
but it is a wrestling themed video game. It's a card game available for, you know, all your phones out there. Um, I freaking loved this game so much. I had to stop playing. If that's not a compliment, I don't know what it, <laughs> it took over my life and my credit card. That was the problem. Yep. I was playing it all the time and I loved every second of it. Well, except when uh, Rob Schamberger gave his special cards to all his little friends. The WWE artist, Rob oh. Schamberger, had his special cards, and they were more powerful than all the other cards in the game, and he just sent them out to everyone that he knew, and so they were winning all the events. Um, I did not enjoy that. Yeah, no, that but, was not um, fun. No, it wasn't. Other than that. I enjoyed every second of it and I was just obsessed with collecting all the cards. I wanted all the Sasha cards. I wanted all the, the, you know, whoever Daniel Bryan cards and all this. Um, and it, yeah, it just became so much that I had, I had to stop, but it's so fun. And um, yeah, it's still going. So I'm glad, I'm glad it's still going. I just, uh, I've been tempted to get back into it, but I probably shouldn't. You've already got me on to uh, Marvel Strike Force and Disney Heroes, so I have you to blame for those, too. We're going to talk about those later, by the way, after we stop recording. Yes, very much. Uh, So we will get into those. Um, But, uh, yeah, Supercard, I played it as well, right along there with you. Um, And now it's uh, just debuted Season 7, and I am very tempted to re-download and check it out but I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. Exactly. That, that, that's the problem. I, I have, as you say, I've got a Disney game and a Marvel game as well. And uh, another card based game that I play as well. At least it isn't one that's draining my wallet, Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no great game. I mean, I enjoyed it, but yeah, it just took over too much time. Yeah. That's the only problem with that game really Yeah. is too much time, too much pay to win mechanics. But yeah, good pick. Um, number two for me, uh, going back to PlayStation 2, was SmackDown Here Comes the Pain. Um, it, it's odd. This is one that there's a, a fan base on the internet that have done, like, recreated the game in different engines so you could see what it looked like, like, modern. And, like, now everybody's just like, dude, do a remake. They need to just do a remake of this game, the exact game. Don't change anything. Just punch up the graphics <laughs> and make it look cool. Um, and new I would roster? agree. What about a new roster? Well, I think they just want it intact. They want the same storyline, which was around that time period uh, mm-hmm. with that roster. Okay. Uh, but no, I'd be I'd be game to update it with take that engine and just update it with today's roster and mm-hmm. storylines. That would be cool. I'd be down for that. Um, be better than. 2k21 anyway uh <laughs> which doesn't exist so yes it would be no don't we have 2k one 2k21 the one that no it's 2k20 okay you're right you're right no it sucks uh <laughs> we didn't get a 2k21 because, right, because of, of how it. bad that was right but we're talking about the good games right yeah. now um but yeah uh here comes the pain uh was one of the first ones on the PS2, and it was one of the first ones where you really noticed that graphical jump because uh, it was a couple years into the PlayStation 2's life cycle, so the developers had had time to really figure out how to utilize the system, which, as you notice in, in gaming, the games that come out later in the generation typically to be typically are the best-looking because the devs have been able to spend that much time with it. Um, but... It also was one of the ones that had one of the most in-depth and cool 
choose your own adventure style um, story modes uh, where you had your backstage segments and uh, people would run in and start feuds and it was just really, really cool. I loved it. Um, it had a sense of an end game that most simulation and sports and wrestling games don't really have. It's kind of, you know, fight forever. Um, but that, you know, you had a season mode and there was an end of the season and that was kind of like, oh, I beat the game. Which right. again, not many of the wrestling games had that, or at least the modern ones anyway. A lot of the mm-hmm. old school ones did. Um mm-hmm. But yeah, I loved Here Comes the Pain. But of course, you know, nowadays it's uh, every year is just an updated roster and a new coat of paint, a couple new mechanics, um, which is what led to the whole thing with 2K20, hopefully taking a year off. They'll get some better ideas and we'll get some better going forward. But yeah, for the past well, 15 years or so, it's kind of just been slightly different every year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I, I do miss it's, the the simulation aspect is still there to a large degree, but not quite how it used to be. Like kicking out, I I want to button match to kick out because that's what you would do in an actual wrestling match. Yeah, like you, you would use your physical strength and 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 effort to kick out, not time button presses. Right. Uh, so yeah, I I do wish it'd go a little more back to basics. Uh, we'll see what they come up with. Yeah. Okay, so my number one goes all the way back to 1991 with WWF WrestleFest from the arcades. Technically, this isn't the best video game. That's not bad, especially considering we're an arcade game. Uh, But it's it's not, it is an arcade game. So you have a limited roster to choose from. You have limited gameplay options to choose from. But I had so much fun, first of all, finding this game. If I could find the game, that alone was a win. I remember being at Disney World and they had it in their penny arcade on Main Street in the Magic Kingdom. And I was at Disney World, but I <laughs> I wanted to play WrestleFest because I so rarely got <laughs> to see WrestleFest. Um, but I would sit in the auditorium at our middle school and talk with our mutual friend, Shane. What's up, Shane? I know you're listening. This you better be. Um, and we would just talk about the experiences we had playing WrestleFest and the different types of things that happened in the matches. To that point, it was the closest to a simulation we'd seen in a wrestling video game. Uh, and so, yeah, just the roster was cool, as relatively small as it was. And you had a Royal Rumble, and that was really cool. And yeah, so just getting to play as these wrestlers you don't normally get to play as, or you didn't normally get to play as at that time in these match options like Royal Rumble that you didn't get to see in video games at the time, it was really super cool. And I had so much fun with that game. Yes, I loved um, Superstars and WrestleFest. Uh, Love the art style. Yeah. Really, really enjoyed that. Uh, The kind of cartoony in a way characters of them but still it was like oh there's hogan there's warrior oh it's so cool earthquake earthquake um yeah no i loved WrestleFest. fest the 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 downfall and the only thing i didn't like about it was the difficulty spike yeah because it was an arcade game it was designed 
for you to pump quarters in. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you had to pump quite a few quarters in to keep your life up enough to win a match. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. it was still fun, and I, I I don't regret any of the quarters I spent on it or the time I played it. Right. Um, in fact, that's a great thing about uh, you know emulation is being able to revisit some of these games that you just have no other way to play anymore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, loved WrestleFest. So good. Um, real excited. And I, I, I can't remember the official name of it, but the game that is coming soon sometime next year, um, I think pretty much all platforms and it's the unofficial. Well, no, it's now the official sequel to WrestleFest, even though it'll be mostly ECW and independent guys, mm-hmm. but still very cool. Yeah. And we did get to emulate WrestleFest recently. I, I could go downstairs and play it right now. Oh, that's if right. I, if I wanted to, yeah. Um, so yeah, emulations are definitely fun. Hey, you know, this isn't wrestling related, but um, I, I also recently played uh, Turtles in Time on that emulator. And I don't know if you realize this, but they take you all the way into the future, all the way, Tim, into the year 2020. We should have known. <laughs> we should have known. The turtles told us all. They, uh, they did about <laughs> the flying cars and neon everywhere. All the neon. Only on people who wear the neon pants. And I don't like it. Not a bit. <laughs> well, then I'll stop. <laughs> My number one all time. Of course, we've mentioned it already. For me, it was no mercy. Um, again, loving WCW and WO Revenge. And then WrestleMania 2000, which was the first WWF game uh, for N64. Um, And then, of course, went into No Mercy, which just expanded upon that. The roster was huge, people that you hadn't had before. For me, I was like, okay, here's the first game I can do a 3D in. And it was tough Mm -hmm. to pull off. But man, when you could get it to work, it was so cool. And the hardcore matches, it had Hell in a Cell. Um, Very, very, and I just had so much fun, played that game so much. I've even downloaded a version now with an update that has, like, rosters from the past couple years. Fun. In it. Uh, And there's there's literally hundreds of mods for No Mercy. Um, There's one that I want to try next that is it's almost like a 3d represented style of WrestleFest, and those and that kind of character work in the art style, but on a, th- on the 3d polygons in no mercy. And it's like a, re- it's like a WrestleMania mod and it's all the big one, big guys from like the late eighties, early nineties. Um, it looks really, really cool. Um, hopefully one day we'll get together and play these <laughs> yeah yeah well i remember one match we had against each other in new mercy we we actually played a 60 minute iron man match and because you could do that yes and, and, yeah and i remember i had created jessica alba's max from dark angel as a created character <laughs> and so i was using max from dark angel and i don't remember who you were but i remember in the closing minutes i went up by one fall and just spent the rest of the time running from you around the ring. Yep. <laughs> hey, you were you you were angry, yes. but that's how you win an Iron Man match. Yes. Why sorry. no one has done this in, <laughs> in any of the matches we've seen in in real life? I have no idea. <laughs> My health was on red. I wasn't letting you catch up to me. 
<laughs> yeah. I'm just wait, I'm waiting. Hopefully, we'll get it now. It'll be, there'll be an Iron Man match. Someone will get a pinfall or submission with like a minute to go. See the clock, and just keep running in and out of the ring. Just book it to not get caught right. and not get just and not get counted out and not get counted out. Right, you got to avoid that too. <laughs> but yeah, no, I do remember that. <laughs> but I, you're right. I can't remember who because uh, I'm pretty sure I was doing a created character as well. Probably. Um, but I can't remember who. Uh, no. I don't remember. That was a cool thing. They had a great creative character in that for the time for what it was. Um, Cause I remember yeah. I, we created all the, like the NWO guys, all the WCW guys in there. Yeah. Whoever we could. Yeah. Anybody we could think of to throw in there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's our three count this week. Talking about those video games we loved over the years. Um, Steve, it is, is your turn to mm. throw out the challenge, sir. All right. So next week, the three count, Tim, I challenge you, your all-time three favorite wrestling commentators. Ooh, I like it. I like it, I like it, I like it. Already thinking about it. That's going to be right. a good one. I like yeah, that. Everybody else think about it, too. Let us know. Yes, definitely. Uh, let us know who your three all-time favorite commentators are in wrestling. And we'll be back next week. That's how we'll open the show and give that rundown. But right now, we're going to jump into the uh, show proper. Uh, we're going to start with uh, some AEW uh, this week. Uh, going to run down a few things to hit from AEW Dynamite uh, last Wednesday. A um, uh, big one for me was Pac returning. Um, of course, he has been gone for quite some time because of the pandemic and travel bans, but he finally got to come back. And of course, while he was gone, they had to break up the death triangle and they joined basically the family with Eddie Kingston and the Butcher and the Blade. And now that Pac was back, it was like, okay, where are they going to fall? Where are they, are they going to stay with the family and turn on him? Like, because they were really playing Pac kind of as the face in this situation uh, against the Blade. Um, but then, of course, at the end, uh, Death Triangle is reformed. And it looks like they're setting up Death Triangle versus the family, uh, which I think will be be great. And eventually, uh, Pac versus Kingston, which I think is going to be one hell of a match. Mm-hmm. Is it Pac or Pac? I think it's Pac. I want to say Pac just because of X Pac. <laughs> okay, but I think yeah. it's I think it's supposed to be Pac. I thought so too, and then you were making me second guess myself. Okay, um, yeah, so good for him that he's he's back it's been a while uh i i think i would have if i was in charge i would have put him in kind of a showcase match that he where he would basically an enhancement match of some of some sort and then get to the angle another way uh so that he would look really good and as strong as possible on his return especially for those who maybe weren't watching when he was around before um but um yeah i know he's a popular guy and people really like him and uh yeah so that's good what does the name mean pack what does that mean that i i don't know i've never known because they 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 call him pack and they call him the bastard i i i don't know i don't know what pack has to do with it (laughs) how about pack the pack man hey he all yellow tights would that make Pac-Man a wrestling video game? 
I guess technically that would that would shoehorn it in. Okay, may have to revise my list. Yep, might have to. Goodness. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, great to have Pack back. Excited to see where they go with this with the, the few rhymes. So many rhymes, Tim. Yes. Um, also, of course, getting ready uh, for a, a week from today actually is a, a title match uh, with Kenny Omega. And John Moxley, the current AEW World Champion. Um, of course, we got a contract signing, and um, and then Mox getting beat up in the back, uh, and dropping the the news in his in the, earlier in the promo with Mox dropping the news about Renee Young and the pregnancy, which is everybody was like, wait a minute, rewind that. <laughs> Because he just kind of he snuck it in there, just very nonchalantly snuck it in there. Yes, this first child is very much an afterthought. <laughs> and then Renee Young, of course, confirmed it on Twitter. Uh, I think the real funny story is that how Bailey found out first. Um, apparently, Renee Young thought she was messaging Mox and was accidentally messaging Bailey. So Bailey knew about the pregnancy before anybody else. Um just a funny story, but congratulations to them for that. You know, uh, that's awesome becoming parents, but I, I'm excited for this match between Kenny and Mox. Uh, we, like we talked before, I, I think this is where Mox loses it. Uh, I just, that's just how I feel with what they've been doing with Kenny. And now I think they're ready to kind of put the strap on him and see where it goes. Plus it gives you a chance because they're kind of playing Kenny as, kind of the bad guy um and now you can set up the chase with a baby face to chase the heel um so yeah I, i'm real excited for this uh what do you think i think it, it very well could lead to a title change we've also got that extra that extra added element of who attacked him in the back right they they didn't do a whole lot of follow-up on on that when when Omega was was cutting his promo, so but I'm sure there will be some follow up at some point, and it will probably have some effect on next week's match. Yeah, I would assume probably uh, on tonight's show uh, they will probably go in depth a little bit more because I think they were trying to play like, oh, was it Kenny that attacked him before he came out? You know, whatever. Uh, but I I think there's a bigger opportunity there. There's also. Um, uh, the murder hawk. <laughs> uh, and cause I know he's been kind of floating around that title picture as well. So it could have been him possibly could have been Kenny. Hopefully we'll find out more tonight. Um, but yeah. Uh, and AEW also had a, a pretty stellar match, um, as well with, uh, the NWA women's championship on the line champion, Serena Deeb versus Thunder Rosa. And I thought this was a really good match. I thought it was just a very well-structured match and well-paced. Yeah, uh, they're both very solid workers. I think Serena Deeb especially has has played very under-the-radar roles in her career. And so this is – she's getting a spotlight now in AEW, and that's good. When she first showed up and and lost her first match to Thunder Rosa – um, you know, a few weeks back, whenever that was, uh, had me a little worried. I thought, is she, is Serena just 
going to be an enhancement talent here in AEW, one that maybe looks good along the way, but just showing up to lose, or is there going to be more? So I'm glad to see that there's going to be more to that. I thought the match was good. Um, a, a little bit of criticism from me. Um, I, I've come up with a term. Okay. There's something that I've come to, to think of as vacuum wrestling. Okay. Vacuum wrestling, where the, the participants wrestle as though the match they are currently wrestling exists in a vacuum, as though no other match has ever existed before. Okay. And therefore, the fans haven't seen certain sequences before. The wrestlers haven't experienced certain sequences before. And so they present something that is not new as being new. And we're supposed to just go with it. Now, I don't use it as a heavy criticism because almost everybody does it. Right. Um, but it's something that I pick up on. So what, what caught my attention in this match as vacuum wrestling is the sequence of near falls where they're in the victory roll position and then they roll over one, two, and then roll back one, two. And roll. We've seen that a million times yes. in other matches. And so that's what I'm talking about. So that was vacuum wrestling from a fan's perspective where of maybe the wrestlers I could argue would possibly do that. Um, but the performers are presenting it to the fans as though we don't know what's coming when we do, because we have seen other matches and other matches have happened before. Um, So that was some vacuum wrestling. Now it was, it was good vacuum wrestling. It was well done. So it's not a heavy criticism. There are other more important things that I use as criticisms, but it is something that I notice and that um, I think a lot of people don't pick up on. And so I just kind of wanted to, to point out vacuum wrestling. I might mention it again later. Okay. I, I, I can see where you, you might. Um, but yeah, but otherwise good match. I like the, uh, the involvement of Britt Baker, I think setting up her versus Thunder Rosa. That's going to be, I think could be a really good program. Um, I was glad that Serena retained. I'm glad that she's getting some shine because she really is an underrated talent. Um, for those that don't know, um, she is from the straight edge society that CM Punk had, uh, back in the early two thousands. Uh, well, yeah, I wouldn't say early two thousands. Yeah, yeah. Around 2010, 11. Yeah. Okay. So like the mid, like the 2010s. Yeah. Um, but, and didn't really get to do a lot at that time with the faction other than get her head shaved. And then I know she kept wrestling on the independent scene. I think, wasn't she working as a trainer for the WWE before AEW? Yeah, and she had some some personal issues that resulted in her being let go while she was part of the Straight Edge Society. So that that got in the way. But she's she's conquered those and, and she's yes. back and looking good. Yes. Um, phenomenal. Um, again, I think she's very, very talented and uh, a lot younger than people thought. Uh, How old is she? Uh, well, like, I think, if I remember correctly, she was only, like, 21 when it was the Straight Edge Society. So really? She's, yeah, so she's still, like, in her mid-30s. Okay. Or early 30s. Early, early, if she was 21, yeah. Yeah, early 30s and could have many years in front of her. She's just been around so long, it feels like. Yeah, it just feels like we've yeah. known her for, for years and years and years. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, also, uh, kind of transitioning, well, not transitioning yet, 
Um, and I kind of jumped the gun just a little bit because I did want to touch on uh, the inner circle takes on Las Vegas <laughs> ah. <laughs> or conquers Las Vegas or whatever it was called. It was a, a two video segment and it was very much a send up kind of of the hangover. Yeah, it was it was some of them were all not. Well, yeah, some of them were kind of shot for shot. Um, but it was just it was pretty interesting to see. You had like an uh, an eight, an Elvis impersonator in there. Uh, Puff the Magic Dragon showed up. Who, if you watch uh, magician shows, he is a a, a popular comedy magic act uh, who dresses in the dragon suit. Um, but I think uh, one of the 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 funniest things for me was uh hornswoggle <laughs> showing up as the baby <laughs> from the hangover yeah and it's like okay swoggles worked for every promotion under the sun <laughs> yeah 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 and it was more of kind of what we've been seeing in AEW more of the entertainment yeah like like the the dinner debonair mm-hmm. um that they did a few weeks ago but yeah, no, I thought it was just really funny. I really enjoyed it. I was laughing myself silly. Yeah, but it was good. But want to go back into uh, the women because the women shine again. They had a phenomenal week, I think. Uh, a lot of high points. A um, couple lows, but we'll get into that later. Uh, but uh, let's move on to NXT, of course. And uh, EO defending her title against Rhea Ripley. Tremendous, um, tremendous tre- match. Yes. Um, I, what a match. I mean, pay-per-view level, takeover level. It was great. Um, EO, of course, retaining her title against Rhea. Um, and a lot of people, a lot of speculation right now is, was this Rhea's last NXT match? I'm leaning toward yes. And I we texted about this uh, after the match happened and, I think she's going to get called up real, real soon. It looks very, very possible. Uh, one, this is an issue I've picked up on too. When bringing NXT stars onto the main roster is uh, a lot of times. Um, now, this is, by the way, it's an issue I picked up on. But my point is, it's not the case here. Often, you'll have someone who has um, dominated. NXT like Oscar and then get called up. Right. And and then go on to dominate the the main roster. Maybe that doesn't happen often, but it's it's happened multiple times. And that's good for them, but it kind of puts the main roster on the same level as the NXT roster, which is known as developmental. Or you have something like Rhea, which would be the case this time, where she loses to Io Shirai. This happens more often. She loses to Yoshirai and then gets caught up and then starts to dominate uh, the main roster, in which case the main roster looks weaker than the NXT roster. There's no easy solution to this. I'm not suggesting that there is, and I, I don't have any suggestions for how to fix it. But it's just something that I, I notice, and uh, I, you may not even pick up on it, at least consciously, but I think subconsciously you might. And I, I just wonder how, how to get around that, how to work around that when, when you call people up. Well, and I and and I agree. I totally agree with everything you're saying. And part of it, I think, is 
because even though they have their own show now and it's on prime time, it's not just on the network um, that there is no main roster. I mean, there is, we all know that there is, but by the way that they book it and how certain stars are presented. Um, but it's almost like they shouldn't be. Um, I mean, wasn't that kind of the point of survivor series last year was that, they are just as good. They won the night. They proved that they were better. That's true. And then we went right from that back to, oh, okay, yeah, but they're they're still, they're not the main roster, you yeah. know? So I think that's part of it is that mentality needs to kind of get broken. Mm-hmm. And we need to just think of, they're all WWE and there's three different shows. Yeah. So it used to be Raw and SmackDown, and it wasn't like, I mean, yes, Raw was the flagship show, um, but you can argue that's not the case now. SmackDown, more often than not, seems to put better product out. Yep. And they're getting more, viewer, more, more viewers. More viewers. More eyes. Mm-hmm. So you could argue SmackDown is the flagship show now. Um, and there's a lot of people that would argue that NXT is number two. <laughs> um but At yeah, least in th- terms of quality, yes, quality. Um, what what they feel more entertained by from week to week. And let's be honest, it, though it was established as developmental, it's really not developmental anymore. Io Shirai is not developing. She's right. been wrestling for so long, and she's easily one of the best in the world. Yeah. So there, there's that too. But I just wonder if the casual fan would have that same perspective. Right. Uh, and I think that's that's what needs to be worked on is them presenting it to the casual fan that it is all one level playing field. They're just different nights and different like different companies. It's almost like they're different trying, brands. yeah, trying to create the kind of WCW versus NWO or WWF versus WCW. Excuse me, thinking back to the video game, um, that mentality, but under the same house, under the same mm-hmm. roof. Um, yeah which they haven't quite caught that magic. And I doubt they ever will. Cause it's not real competition. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But well, I, I, I wanted to move on here because as much as I love that EO Rhea match, I saw that match. And I was like, well, there's a match of the week, at least until we get to survivor series. And then the very next day on NXT UK, Mm-hmm. We had Kaylee Ray versus Piper Niven in an NXT UK Women's Championship Falls Count Anywhere match. And let me tell you, I've liked Piper Niven. Um, she was actually in stardom for a, a brief run under her previous name, Viper. Okay. Uh, she played a, a, a heel there with Oedo Tai. She wasn't great at being a heel. She, At least I don't think she was. She was a little over the top with it, but she's been an excellent baby face. And Kaylee Ray, and I, I've talked to you about Kaylee Ray before, she hadn't really impressed me a whole lot. I, I never disliked her, but she hadn't wowed me with anything yet until last week. <laughs> what a match. What a tremendous match. I went back and re-watched it. That's how much I liked it. It, it was, you're going to hear me, I'm going to say this over and over. It was believable and it was logical and you know, when they were using foreign objects, when they were using a pipe, they hit the knee. They didn't hit the head. It doesn't make sense to hit somebody in the head with a pipe because you would brain them and kill them. Mm-hmm. So they were playing it realistic as though it was an athletic competition. And it was unpredictable. It didn't go too crazy over the top to the point where it was eye rolling. 
it, it was all just very well thought out and well executed creative they got creative with it giving us things i hadn't seen before and you just didn't know what was going to happen you didn't know who was going to win um a little a little bit of a screwy finish if you can have such a thing in a false count anywhere match but whatever the work made up for it excellent job by by both kaylee and piper and yeah i'm that was for me that was kaylee ray's breakout performance i'm finally like okay she's got something more than i thought she had Right. Yeah. And I've been positive on Kaylee Ray. Um, I, I like her a lot. I, and I don't mean this in any sort of slight to either performer, but she does, I think exude some qualities that Sasha does. I don't mean she's a copycat or anything like that. I just think, uh, you know, she gets it like Sasha does like some of the, the selling, um, and, and like say the logical parts of the wrestling um but yeah i i've been high on kaylee ray's work but i'm i haven't and again admittedly haven't had a chance to see this yet i'm gonna try and seek it out as soon as we are done here yeah. um and watch it tonight all of you should watch it all of you should watch it it was fantastic um but yeah i am very excited to see that match and and now you make me even more excited to see it <laughs> you should be you all should be but as you, that's kind of a good segue. You mentioned, uh, of course, Piper Niven uh, being in stardom as Viper. Uh, I know you wanted to talk a little bit about Tam versus Mayu. Is that, am I saying P- it right? Potentially. Tom, Tom Nakano. Tom. Um, both. Okay. First of all, there's something that I missed last week. There was a third title change. Oh. Tim, that I, I hadn't heard. Again, there's a delay in them posting these shows to be watched. And on the same show where Utami beat Mayu for the for the red belt, uh, Shuri beat B Priestley for the SWA championship. Uh, so two title changes on one show, three title changes in two days. So for a company that does almost no title changes, uh, that's craziness. And I, I just mentioned last week how B Priestley wins every time she steps in the ring. Yeah, and she loses the title to Shuri. I was surprised by that, but I keep keep surprising me. I love it. Yeah, uh, if you don't know, the SWA titles is the Stardom World um, Alliance title, and it is a title that can only be defended against people who are not of your own nationality. So it's wow. very unique. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it, it's it's hard in Stardom if you're Japanese to hold that title because <laughs> almost everybody else is Japanese. Who are you going to defend it against? Not right. not too many people. Um, they did a little thing with Shuri mentioned that um, she's only part Japanese, so maybe she'll defend it against some Japanese people. And so they're kind of getting around it that way. Okay. Uh, but anyway, from more recent, within the last week, um, Tom Nakano and Mayu are both in the in the stars unit slash um, Unit is not the word we typically use. We stable is what we usually say. I'm stumbling over my words here. <laughs> um, and recently, with the arrival of of both Mina Shirakawa and Unagi Sayaka, we've got this trio within stars of Tom and Mina and Unagi. And recently, they they faced off against Mayu and Hanan and Starlight Kid, who are also in stars. And it's not uncommon for for talents within the same unit to go against each other that happens 
Um, but there's been just a little, some hints maybe of, of some friction. Mayu kind of giving the side eye to these new arrivals who have latched onto Tom. Stardom isn't known a whole lot for long-term planning. They seem to go show by show with the exception of when they announce a match way in advance, like Utami defending against Momo on December 20th. But if they haven't really announced something, it seems to kind of be booking show by show. They're more sports oriented than entertainment oriented and they present themselves more like a sport. They don't do a whole lot of angles, but I don't know. I'm picking up on something and I'm wondering, Stars has become a very large unit because they dissolved um, Hanakamura's unit, Tokyo Cyber Squad. And a lot of those people went into stars or absorbed into stars. Now they're, they're massive. So I'm wondering if maybe Tom and Mina and Unagi might split and form another unit. I don't know. It's just, I don't have any inside information. It's just me picking up on subtle little things in the performances and the fact that those three, Tom and Unagi, and and Mina seem to be really tight and are teaming up a lot where normally you get mixtures of tag teams within units instead of the right. same people teaming up all the time and with the side eye that Mayu's been giving them I'm just wondering if maybe we've got a, a, a an upcoming uh, clash between Tom and Mayu and that would be awesome because uh, they're both fantastic Tom is one of my favorites excellent yeah and, and it does make sense from what you're describing to me that that it sounds like that's the direction they want to go, especially if you have a faction that's that, that big. Yeah. Um, and I know, and a lot of people are split on this. Some people don't like stables. Some people do. I love stables. I wish there were more of them in the WWE product. Um, but reportedly McMahon hates them. So, <laughs> yeah, it just depends on how they're presented to me, but everybody in stardom is in one. So it's kind of, it's the structure of the company. Yes. And so they don't do a whole lot of stable warfare. It's not like all the angles are based around stables. You have individual issues. And so as long as they're still doing that. Yeah. And it's almost like uh, it's mimicking like, you know, sports teams. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you got, you know, Denver and New York. And now you have, you know, their different, you know, the stars and um, Queen's Quest. Queen's Quest. Uh, so, yeah, definitely some parallels there. But, yeah, I think that could be a really, really good story. Um, and, again, not to make it sound bad, but kind of like when the NWO got too big and then split. Yeah. In WCW. Yeah. Um, but, cool. Anything else on Stardom you wanted to touch on this week? Uh, no, there's, <laughs> there's still, I still haven't watched the show from a couple of nights ago, so I don't know if anything happened on that one. But if so, I'll get I'll get back to you next week. It doesn't uh, feel like it. They're they're gearing up for a big December twentieth show, so it doesn't ah. feel like anything. But I'll I'll check in with Stardom again next week and update everybody. Oh, okay. Uh, let's move on for that. Let's talk about Lana. Uh, keeping it on the women, and um, of course, uh, on Raw, she's been put through a table like nine times in a nine row. Times. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and that was going into Survivor Series. And of course, we talked about our predictions uh, and her uh, ending up as the sole survivor, which which did happen. And we'll go into that a little more when we get into uh, talking about SummerSlam proper, not SummerSlam Survivor Series. I'm tripping over my words now. There you uh, go. But uh, they released a WWE Chronicle on Lana, 
and it generated a lot of buzz on the internet. Uh, it was trending uh, about where she talked about being cyberbullied. And of course, we just had our, our tribute episode to Hanukkah and we reviewed the events that led up to that tragic passing. And this is more of the same. It's this, it's the toxic cyberbullying people telling her she wasn't good enough, that she deserved to go through the table. She should have been the one that was fired instead of Miro. And I just don't understand how, as a, a human being, you can get on the internet and convey that to another human being without realizing that they have feelings and, you know, they're, it's going to make them feel a certain way. It's just, it's just so uncalled for. What do people get out of it? That's yeah. they get something out of it. That's the thing. And that that's kind of the scary thing. Yes. Uh, what, why does that make you feel good to, to treat other people that way and to see public figures as something less than human uh, as though they don't have, like you said, feelings or, or hopes and dreams and family and friends. And, and they, they can't be hurt and they can't feel things just because they're on TV or in movies or whatever doesn't mean that they aren't like you. Uh, They are anything that can hurt you can hurt them. And how, you know, how would these people feel if the, the roles were reversed um, and not as a fictional heel berating like Jerry Lawler coming to the ring at, at King of the Ring 96. Not, uh, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about in, in real life. There, you know, a, a years ago, there was a pretty famous tweet from CM Punk where somebody tweeted something at him. I don't know what it was. It probably wasn't good either, but he responded with kill yourself. And, you know, that wasn't cool either. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Um, so just why? Just what do you get out of telling Lana she should have been fired? And some people might hear that and say, oh, that's not so bad. Well, you try it. You try being on the receiving end of it, not just once, but hundreds of times, maybe thousands of times. When you tell somebody something enough, they will start to believe it, whether it's true or not. And that's the kind of thing that leads to uh, the, the suicides from cyberbullying. And it's like people have learned nothing from Hana Kimura. Uh, and and others, the, the many others like Hana. Um, but the, the wrestling world should not be forgetting Hana Kimura and should have Hana specifically in mind. Um, of course, Hana is not the only one to, to have killed themselves from the wrestling world, but as far as I know, the only one because of this issue. Right. Um, so I, I, I just, what's it take? What does it take? to teach some people how to treat other people. Right. And I mean, it's a question that as a society, we're going to be asking probably till the end of time. Um, I don't know that there is an easy answer or one that everyone would follow, even if it was easy. Um, But yeah, from us and from the show as one, just want to say, you know, we love Lana as a performer. We, she's entertaining. You know, whatever you think about her in-ring work, yeah, she might not be as skilled as Charlotte or Asuka or Sasha or Bailey. Doesn't mean she doesn't have 
entertainment value, even if it doesn't appeal to you. Um, it's going to appeal to some people and people find it entertaining. And obviously, you know, cause I remember I did bring up one time, maybe this is like punishment booking with the whole table stuff, but she's still getting spotlight every Monday night. Um, and then of course becomes the sole survivor at survivor series. Although I do want to bring up something. And the one thing that I, I really, really hope that WWE isn't preying on a little bit because obviously the Chronicle was recorded probably weeks ago at least um, but I hope we're not seeing the same situation kind of thing that happened with Drake Maverick who was quotation marks let go along with a lot of other performers who were let go and then they turned that into a storyline. He never really was let go. But he was. Are we 100%? Because I've heard that that was not the case. He was not actually let go. He was under contract the entire time. I, I, I don't believe so. Um, not based on... I mean, not based on what he has said and others in the company have said and i know people are going to say well of course that's what he would say um and yeah but of course it's also what he would say if it was true if he yeah. if, he, <laughs> if he was fine so so it's catch 22 on that uh, right um but it, the the more credible sources have said at least in what i've seen that he was actually let go and it was that video that he posted and the response to it that got him the continued opera. I mean, technically maybe he was still under contract because he had some time left on the contract and they just weren't going to renew it. So technically ah. that's probably true. Um, but they decided to renew it um, because of the video that he posted on Twitter and the response to it. And so I saw that as him kind of earning his spot back. Uh, and once it was such a big story, I don't see how they could have ignored it on television because they, they publicly announced that he was like, Oh, um, and then just to not acknowledge that and have him never go away would be a little odd, I think. Right. Um, but as far as Lana goes, um, it, it may be the way to do it is because she has been bullied on TV by Naya. That's yeah, what's been and, going on. And that's why I was bringing it up is like, that's been happening. And then they released the Chronicle. So I mean, and, so I, I'm not saying none of it happened. That is for 100%. Don't take that away from this. I'm not saying she wasn't really cyberbullied. She obviously was. Um, I just, it's, I just, I don't know how I feel about WWE using it in the story. I think it goes back to what we were saying before on, was it, was it the Honda show? Or maybe it was last week's show, the regular show, that it was when we were talking about Jeff Hardy. So it was last week's yes. show. Um if it's okay with the talent, I think it's okay. But beyond that, I think, you know, we were just asking, what is it going to take to really bring this to people's attention? Maybe this is what it takes. Maybe oh. making it into a story and saying, look, she was bullied over and over and you all hated it. You complained about it nine consecutive weeks. So look at what you're complaining about. You're complaining about the fact that she's being bullied. So maybe you should stop bullying people if you're, if you're one of the guilty parties. And now she's got Asuka on her side and yep. 
she was so excited. Um, she was on Raw Talk. Did you see it? No, I didn't get a chance to see Raw Talk. Okay. And um, at least I think it was on Raw Talk, unless she did a promo. Everything's a blur, Tim. <laughs> it was either a promo on Raw or on Raw Talk, where she, in character, was just so happy to say that she has a friend. Uh, like, almost in tears, saying, I have a friend. And that hit me from, from you know, a, a, an entertainment point of view. Like, I, I know in real life she has friends. Right. Um, but the character felt like she didn't have friends. And so that really worked for me and that drove it home. And that got me behind her more than anything. It's been a process. And each week I felt myself get a little more behind Lana. I don't care that she can't have matches like Kyrie Sane has or like Io Shirai or Sasha Banks has. It doesn't right. bother me because I just want to see her get one over on Nia Jax. That's yeah. what I want to see. And I want to see somebody stand up for Lana and help Lana. Uh, when she was forced to stand on the steps at Survivor Series, I mean, that, how many, how many people did that bring memories back for mm-hmm. of being bullied when they were in school? So it's relatable and it can call attention to a serious issue that has directly affected the wrestling industry this year and maybe help if it stops one person from sending a mean tweet. I think it's worth it. And, I, and I'll admit, I did not think of it from that angle that it might bring more attention to it. Um, admittedly, in my head, I was just like, you know, evil WWE preying on the weak to get a rating. But no, I think you're right. I think um, this can be spun into a positive. Um, what we do here, Tim. That's right. And and I will say, and hey, kudos to long-term storytelling with this. Because we just said nine times. That's nine weeks in a row. That's two solid months that you've had this story brewing. And they don't do that a lot um, currently. Um, so that that kudos to that. And, yes, um, yeah, I think I, I, I like how you look at that. I think this can be very positive. And you're right. If it stops one person, it's worth it. Yeah. If it saves one life, it's worth it. Um. And again, you know, standing ovation, applause to Lana. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep your chin up. Keep entertaining them. That's all yep. we ask. Yep. Um, let's move on <laughs> Be a, to more positive stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll go right into actual Survivor Series since we're talking about uh, the women's Survivor Series match. Um, and we can go ahead and talk about that one as well. Uh, but yeah, that match itself, I thought it was very well booked. Of course, we called her being the sole survivor. Not exactly how I envisioned it happening. Um, you know what I thought was going to happen? When they were all outside the ring after that superplex that uh, Peyton gave Bailey, mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be a callback to 1991 where everybody in the whole match was disqualified or counted out at the same time except Ric Flair. And that left him as the only survivor. I thought that's how they were going to oh, do wow. it for Lana. I'm glad they didn't because there was a lot of good stuff left in that match that we wouldn't have seen if they'd done that. But that's what I, that's what I thought in the moment. So I'm glad I was wrong on that. Yeah, and, and a creative finish, you know, something we hadn't yeah. seen before. Uh, uh, but I did call Bianca getting a double count out, and that's how they were going to get rid of Bianca. I, I said Shayna instead of Nia, but it, really, it wasn't about who she was counted out with. I said, how are they going to get rid of Bianca? 
Who caught it? I caught it. You did. You caught it. I did. I did it. Um, and yeah, but no, you're right. This match was very well put together. Um, everybody got to shine. Yeah, everybody looked good. Peyton uh, looked really good for a few moments in there. They really put the shine on her too. I was very she impressed. Beat Bailey. Yeah, Peyton takes down former SmackDown longest running SmackDown champion. <laughs> yeah. And like, wow. Okay. Here we this go. Is, this is my favorite survivor series elimination match in a very long time. I rewatched that match too. That's how much I liked it. Definitely wow. my favorite women's survivor series elimination match easily. And my, my favorite elimination match period. And I mean, I don't even remember when, maybe wow. even the early nineties. Like I, I, I love the booking and the work and the character that, that they all showed their character. Uh, Liv Morgan. Yeah. Oh, yep. Um, she, she's, she took advantage of her opportunity. She may or may not have originally been planned to be in that match, but she was in it and she took advantage of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was great. I, I love that match. Like, like we said, the, the women in, in all promotions shined, through the whole week yes and that wasn't the end of it no no we still got more to talk about um and we can roll right into that sasha versus oscar champion versus champion you knew it was going to be good yeah and boy was it yeah wow okay so i was talking earlier about vacuum wrestling there is a reason why my favorites are my favorites my all-time favorite is bret hart my current favorites are Sasha Banks and Daniel Bryan. There are multiple, many things I like about all of them. But the number one thing is that they are not guilty of vacuum wrestling. It's, it's a small, it's a seemingly small thing. But when you start to pick up on it, you really start to notice it. And for example, Sasha and Asuka, Sasha in general. Okay, so let's say you've got Randy Orton, right? Right. Everybody will agree he's a good he's a good talent and he does good stuff when yes. when the bell rings and I'm not going to disagree with that, but a lot of times he does the same stuff. Yes, when the bell rings, um, when he hits a power slam and goes for the pin, what's going to happen? They're going to kick out. When he hits that draping DDT and he goes for the pin, what's going to happen? They're going to kick out. Yeah, yeah. He seems surprised when yes, this happens every time. <laughs> every time that's vacuum wrestling, and and the biggest stars most of them are guilty of it Mm. and in a vacuum it's fine if that match was the only match somebody had seen it's not possible to pick up on it right right sasha because she's the one we're talking about right now in her match with oscar doesn't do that uh for example she hit the backstabber twice in that match now she had established previously the backstabbers being the setup for the bank statement she didn't go for the bank statement either time. She went for a pin mm-hmm. both times because if you're not in a vacuum, what's your opponent going to be expecting you to do when you hit the backstabber? They're going to be expecting you to try for the bank statement. Yeah. So she's not in a vacuum. And so she's trying to surprise Asuka by going for a pin instead of going for the bank statement. So it's those little things that make Sasha Banks from my perspective, the best in the world at this whole wrestling thing. Um, Cause most, almost everybody I'd say not anytime somebody throws out a percentage, they always throw out 99% when usually it's probably 50 to 60%. No, I'm going to say here it's 99% of 
a legit 99% of professional wrestlers are, are, are guilty of vacuum wrestling. And it, it's fine. Again, it, it's not that big of a deal. But if you're talking about what's the best and that's the only thing it comes down to, then you've got to pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. And so um, there was slight vacuum wrestling in, in the Drew Roman match. Not a whole lot of it, right. but a little bit. Yeah. And so that was a great match. And I say that as someone who's not a huge Drew McIntyre fan. I'm not a big Drew McIntyre fan. That was a great match, but it wasn't as fresh and it wasn't as, as, as um, creative. And, and they didn't put as much thought into it as Sasha and Asuka did. And as much as Sasha always does. So let, let, let's, let's look at it this way. Um, Roman versus Drew was... Zack Snyder okay. and Sasha versus Asuka was Christopher Nolan. Okay. Yeah. Nothing wrong with Zack Snyder. No. Zack Snyder can make some great, fun, exciting stuff, but Christopher Nolan just puts a little more. That little extra into that it. A little extra. And Sasha and Asuka was a little extra. My match of the week for sure. One of my favorite matches of the year. Yes. Excellent match from start to finish. Yeah, I think you had even mentioned this to me, and I agree. The start off of that match, the sense of urgency. Yes. That they, they were both trying had. to win. It wasn't, okay, I'm going to feel you out. No, we've wrestled before. Mm-hmm. We know each other. Let's get going. Yep. And they did. And, yeah, you're right. Match of the night by far. Um, and, yeah, one of the best this year. Yeah. Um, Sasha finally getting that win. She Her character needed it. Yes. I'm glad I was wrong in my prediction. Glad I, was, I just figured that the only I, I didn't think they'd want either one to lose clean. And with the issue that she's got going on with uh, with Carmella, I figured that's that's the route they would go. But I'm glad they didn't. Yeah, we got a we got a clean finish. Um, and again, the person who needed the win got it. Um, and again, this is that example. And this is another for me one of the systemic problems and criticisms I have of the WWE product currently. And when we start talking about this uh, two nights ago is raw. I'll uh, go into a little more in depth, but the, they're just so afraid to have a clean finish a lot of times because they think they have to protect people because they'll look weak if they take a pinfall or submission. And that's not the case in this. I mean, Sasha, not Sasha, but Oscar did not look any weaker of a champion for losing this match. No. You know, yeah, she lost this match, but she might not lose again for another five months. I mean, that, you right. know, that, that loss doesn't have to mean it takes him down a peg. No, and she lost to Sasha Banks. Yeah, and you lose to the best probably right now currently on the roster as far as from top to bottom wrestling in the women's division. Definitely. You can, and like I say, I think you can make the solid argument of it being totally. Um, but yeah, so I think they need to learn that people can look strong in losses mm-hmm. and that it's not a detriment. Yeah. And, and Sasha continued her approach to wrestling as wrestling for the long term and not for that night only. So she's established that she, she wins matches with the bank statement sometimes, but she can win with victory rolls. She can win with roll-ups. She can win with the, the Meteora. She can win with the Frog Splash. She can win with the double knees to the stomach. She's won with that. And she doesn't even do all of that in every match. She didn't do the double knees to the stomach in this match. Yeah. She didn't do a Meteora proper 
in this match. She doesn't have to get all her stuff in. She knows how to tell a story that makes sense. And if it doesn't make sense, if there's no opportunity for her to hit one of her trademark moves, she's not going to do it. Yeah. And look, you're going to hear me talk about Sasha Banks a lot on this show. And this is why. And you might, there might be people thinking, oh, well, he's just finding these things because she's his favorite or he just, Sasha and Daniel Bryan are his favorites. And so that's why he said, no, 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 no. You've got it backwards, folks. They're my favorites because I can say these things. Mm-hmm. That's why they're my favorites. And so, um, yeah, you're going to hear me talk a lot. And Daniel Bryan's not wrestling a whole lot right now. Interesting, by the way, that SmackDown closed with a victorious Daniel Bryan when he wasn't even on the Survivor Series card. What since? Yeah, that? that that was very odd. Very odd. I like the new haircut, though. Yeah. I think he's looking works. good. Yeah. Ma- makes him look super youthful. Yeah. Uh, it's like, where do you find that time machine? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, again, great match between Asuka and Sasha. Loved every second of it. Uh, moving on to some of the other stuff uh, in Survivor Series. Of course, we had the men's Elimination Chamber match. Elimination Chamber? What show was I watching? Good Lord. I am all over the place today. <laughs> I just meant Elimination Elimination match. match. Yeah. Ugh. Too much WWE, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're on the wrong. You're, you're doing the wrong podcast then. I'm doing the wrong kind of E. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, <I'm> kidding. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, their elimination Survivor Series match. Um, again, I thought well booked. Um, I, I, odd choice to have a clean sweep. But when we get to Raw, we kind of see what they were trying to set up with that clean sweep. Um, and of course, uh, you had Rollins falling on the sword, so to speak, um, telling Seamus, do your part for the greater good. And this seems like the way they're going to write him out for a little while. Um, Becky Lynch, of course, expecting very soon. Um, so I think he's planning on taking a couple months out to be, you know, a dad and congratulations to them. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, we still got the showcase of everyone else. Well, I mean, Uso, Jay, or no, no, Jimmy. No, Jay. Jay. Jay, yeah. Jay got some good spotlight and had some great offense, but again, it's five on one. What are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. And he ended up losing. Uh, and I tell you what I really, really liked in this whole thing. And again, I thought it was well paced and well booked, but I liked at the end when they finally seemed to come together as a team in the ring, they're high five. And it's like, yeah, hugging like, yeah, we got the win. Um, and I definitely have to, to, to point out when Strowman came running around the ring and wiped out team SmackDown. Good God. Was he moving fast? <laughs> I didn't I, think he had that in him. You texted me about it, and I, I told you it would take him a mile to stop. Like yeah. A train. Yeah. Good Lord. Surprised somebody to get hurt. <laughs> yeah. 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 That I think that match was more about the story behind what was happening than the actual athleticism and the actual work. It was more of a storytelling match, but it told the story well. Yes. Um, moving on, of course, we had um, Lashley versus Sami Zayn. And I mean, this kind of was pretty predictable and when, when is going to go down. Yeah, yeah. When is expected. 
again. And as it should, I think. For, and and for Sammy's character isn't hurt one bit nope. by this. No. Nope. There is no shame in losing to the mountain of a man that is Bobby Lashley. Especially as a cowardly heel like yes. he's playing now. So, And again, I, I mentioned before, Sammy's one of my favorites right now, and I'm not whining about him losing. It made perfect sense. Yes. Um, and you can even mitigate it a little bit because the hurt business was there at ringside. Mm-hmm. So, and they did kind of get involved uh, with some distractions. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it played out exactly how it should have. Um, the New Day versus the Street Profits. Another really good match. Yeah, it took really a while to get warmed up, I think. A little slow at the beginning. A little slow burn. It definitely did warm up. And it was a little of the... the formula we've come to expect so a little formulaic but it was it was good and i still really wasn't sure up until the three count who was going to win yeah and again it, it, the uh, the right team won i thought uh mm-hmm. the, the team that needed it um the most between these two yeah uh as far as getting a, a pay-per-view victory um but yeah so no hell of a match really really enjoyed it um and that uh that like final move that they did was pretty impressive to yes. put it away. Yes. And I like the little callbacks to a lot of the tag team moves, the, the duo moves. Very cool. Very yeah. good. It was good. Um, roll right into that. Of course we had Roman versus drew, which we spoke a little bit on it uh, when we were talking about Sasha and Oscar. And I thought this was very well done. Um, I, like I say, Roman's doing the best work of his career right mm-hmm. now. Drew and him in this match again, some vacuum in there, but not a lot. They did very not, good. Not a lot. Just, just in the sense of, you know, we're kind of used to the hit the finisher, kick out, hit the finisher, kick out, but Roman isn't really that used to it. It doesn't happen to Roman. And so um, it was only slight vacuum wrestling. Not, yeah. not much. Um, for me, this was my favorite Drew McIntyre match. Okay. Um, again, I've, he's the one I've never thought he's bad, but he's just never wowed me. Uh, but here, yeah, I, I, I was into it. And I I think the right person won again. Yes. Yeah. And I think they did it the right way because, um, you know, it wasn't necessarily a clean victory because Jey Uso did get involved, but they did it the right way. It was very smart Yeah. with earlier with Roman telling him to go home i don't want to see anymore you couldn't win and you know our show's losing and you had that little thing going on and then jay shows back up helps him get the distraction which leads to the uh, the win um and then afterwards you're kind of furthering that storyline as well with them hugging at the top of the ramp you know i got you you know i, I i'm loving that i love all of that what did he say at the top of the ramp uh it was like you know i got you <laughs> That's how they talk, man. I just want to hear you say it again. I got you, Oos. I got you. (laughs) Gets me amped when I see him. I love it. It's like, I tell you what, I mean, we can't play him, so it sucks when we have to talk about him. Uh, But the Usos theme, love that theme. It just gets me hype (laughs) every time I hear it. Um, But yeah, no, great match, great finish. Really love that. Uh, Rolling into Raw as we keep chugging along. of course, as we said, they they used that men's Survivor Series uh, elimination match to kind of set this up. We opened up the show, um, and you got all the competitors in there, and and I, I always blank blank on his name, the executive now. 
Adam Pierce. Pierce. Adam Pierce in the ring. And okay, the debate right now on the internet. <laughs> oh, I know where this is going. Is was it on purpose? Because <laughs> we know McMahon loves that kind of humor. It's like it'll trend. Do it. Do it. Make it sound like an accident, but call them Mac and Fart. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think if it was on purpose, it would have been with someone other than Drew McIntyre. Okay, point taken. Yes, you don't know if you want to lay that on your champion. Yeah, but, yeah. But regardless, that was a hoot. Um, but then, yeah, we have. He says, you know, we're going to go through uh, a series of matches, and then he, he says, last but not least, Braun Strowman, and Braun loses it, and I. This it didn't make a lot of sense to me. <laughs> I I wasn't real pleased with how they're they're getting to where they're going. I'm glad we ended up with the triple threat we're going to get for the number one or contender contendership mm-hmm. with AJ, Keith Lee, and Matt Riddle. I think that's awesome. I think it should have been Sheamus because I I liked your idea last week. Yeah, with Sheamus Roman versus Sheamus. I think it should have been Sheamus because I think that would be a perfect um start to to his new title reign because it's someone credible that he can beat who won't be hurt by losing right so you're not hurting someone who's trying to make still make their name and earn their reputation uh and they've got the history yeah so i i, I was surprised it wasn't sheamus good match though between yeah. and sheamus yeah no great match um and i i thought a really good match between lashley and keith lee yeah, different match, but good. Yeah, and it and it was really wild how they switched that dynamic. And if you picked up on it, like the first half of the match, it's like, wow, Lee's just overpowering Lashley. What's Lashley going to do? Well, you know, he can't go for the power moves. And then halfway through the match, it switched, and it was well, Lashley just powering everything on Lee. It was yeah. it was a good back and forth. I really liked that. It reminded me of when Davy Davy Boy Smith picked Mabel up on his shoulders from a sitting position yeah craziness wow yeah (laughs) um but yeah no great match um little i I mean i know why they did it i just don't really like that mvp getting involved and basically just causing the dq finish Mm. because i mean to me it's like well you just cost him his opportunity yeah it's like why wouldn't you let it go unless you were just 100 percent sure and how can you be and how can you be? So yeah, although MVP in another match uh, on on Monday's Raw, the tag title match, I really liked what they did. So there was a countout in the tag title match, and MVP asked for the match to restart. I liked this because what it did is it established MVP's value to the Hurt business beyond being someone who interferes in matches beyond physicality. It established him as a veteran who knows how to seize an opportunity or create an opportunity that maybe someone like Cedric Alexander wouldn't think to do because he hadn't been around for so long. Shelton Benjamin's been around for a while, but um, it, it really establishes value. I think they should have won the tag titles. And I thought they were going to. I, re- I did too. I really thought they were. I think it really would have completed that thought and cemented his value in that way had they won the tag title. So I, I, I didn't get that. I 
but uh, you know, it is what it is. But I, I liked the idea of MVP asking for that because of how it established him as someone who is using his brain and his experience to help his guys. Yes. Um, like I said, we uh, earlier in earlier shows, we did uh, kind of draw some comparison of the Hurt Business kind of to evolution in its structure. And MVP is very much that Ric Flair character, has all the experience and knows all the tricks. Yeah. And then you've got the young up-and-comers, but then you've got Lashley, who's that established Triple H-type character. Uh, I think that might even be a secret wink-wink-nod, as they call him the CEO uh, mm. of the Hurt Business. Um but yeah, again, we're, we're we're real high and positive on the hurt business on this show. We love the hurt business. I love and, what and, they're doing. And they're a bunch of guys who I didn't have any investment in or any interest in before they were the hurt business. I yeah. wasn't interested in any of them. And so I I yeah, it, it just goes to show how effective this group has become. Yes. So suddenly suddenly I care about Bobby Lashley. I've never cared about Bobby Bobby Lashley. I didn't care about him in his first run. I was at WrestleMania 23 when he wrestled Umaga and Vince and Trump were there and I didn't care. Yeah. Oh, so, uh, you can't convince me that WWE is not doing any good stuff right now. Sorry, people. If that's what you're going to try to tell me. Yeah. No, if they they're making are. me care about Lashley, then they're doing something right. Yeah. They're definitely doing some good stuff. Now, speaking about raw as a whole, uh, and I, I alluded to this earlier and kind of goes in with your vacuum wrestling a little bit is I, I think the overuse of the roll-up for, for okay. winning matches. Uh, it's like 97 this year televised matches have ended with a surprise roll-up out of nowhere. <laughs> Where did you get that statistic? Although actually, um, I'll, I'll give them a shout-out because I do love their work. What Culture. Okay. Um, and uh, Simon Miller, who does ups and downs for like uh, the shows, mm-hmm. Raws and pay-per-views and all that, he has a running tally he's been running since earlier this year. Okay. And ninety number 90, 97 was hit on on Raw. Okay. Uh, out of how many matches? Um, this particular tally, I think, is only WWE. Okay. Um, but 97 I, out of, like, what's the percentage? Uh, that I don't know. He didn't give that stat. He just said he had counted 97. Uh, see, I teach statistics, Tim. It's what I do. And there is a way to kind of well get the statistics to back up what you want it to back up. Well, I mean, you can almost argue it's because oh, there's 55 weeks in a year. 52. Or 52. Oh, God, I'm all over the place. Okay, 52. That, that makes it even better and closer to my point. That's... <laughs> almost two a week so that's definitely one a show okay um but again and i tie that into the whole not knowing how to people make people look strong in a defeat and they think oh Mm -hmm. someone hit you with their finisher or a power move and got a just a one two three pin not a i rolled you up out as a surprise you -hmm. know real quick shocking pin I like to say if it's if it's used right, it's perfect. And like not saying we're never gonna we don't need roll ups, they work. Um and like like Orange Cassidy, you know, in AW, one of his like finishing or signature moves is a like a surprise roll up pin that he mm-hmm. has his own little twist on. 
Um, but yeah, I think I think it's just a little overused and or it's it's used in the matches that you notice it the most in. It's usually in more a little more high profile matches. Yeah. Matches yeah. where it's like, come on, let somebody should win this definitively, not just out of nowhere with no um circumstance. I, I don't have the problem with it that you do because it, I see it as a wrestling move and you know, there it's a leverage hold. And so I don't, I don't have that big of an issue with it. Although I think what you're getting at is the idea that it's just lazy booking. Yes. And that, that's really what I'm getting at. It's like okay. I say uh, the, the move itself. Yeah. I don't have as much a problem with as the fact that they use it because of lazy booking. Why are we talking about what, what, what happened that I'm not thinking about? Um, now you're going to ask me because I meant to put this in the notes um, <laughs> and didn't. Uh, oh, uh, wasn't it the women's? Oh, okay, so we alluded to Lana and Asuka becoming friends. Mm-hmm. And they started uh, off with the match, which ended like in like less than two minutes because water got on Naya and Shayna who were at ringside. So then it turned into a tag match right and then lana and oscar won and oscar surprise roll up on shana yeah yeah okay that is the match that yeah i would have much rather it have been you know and didn't have to be a submission victory but maybe a surprise like i don't know what lana's like finisher is um if she technically has one you have to win matches to have finishers (laughs) that's true um but, you know, it could have been like some kind of kick or some move that she did or a combination move with her and Asuka catching Baszler or Nia and getting the victory without it being a roll up. Yeah. Um, as opposed to just like, OK, we don't know how to end this match. Yeah. But we, but we don't want either Nia or Shayna to tap out to the Asuka lock. So let's just do a roll up. Kind of like when when an artist doesn't know how to end a song, so they just do the fade out. Yeah. Kind of the same thing. Yeah. OK. That that's my that's my bigger beef with it is that okay. it feels like they the writing team gets there and it's like we don't know how to finish this match out because we don't want it to end this way but we do want them to win. Eh, just just let a roller up, just roll them up. Yeah. <laughs> you know that that's what I feel the conversation backstage is. <laughs> right, right, right. I could be wrong, and like I say, this is just my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. just my personal thoughts on it. But that that's yes. my, huh. Who knows? Who knows? Um, I'm still watching. I still enjoy it. I just, that's me nitpicking. Sure. Um, But yeah, so, and we were talking about (laughs) the Hurt Business. um, And then I got on that tangent for no real reason. But speaking of the women, man, Alexa Bliss, right? Yeah, dude. Yeah, man. Love Alexa. Love this character. Friendship frog. Oh, and I'll tell you what. We and, hardly knew him. And like last week's Firefly Funhouse, it was good, but it it didn't it, it didn't grip me. Mm-hmm. This one was like, okay, this might be the best one they've done. I loved the whole it, thing. It was so good. You got Friendship Frog, and then he touches Alexa. She goes crazy. She kills him, and then we get a video package. <laughs> The most ridiculous thing. Like he wasn't just brought into existence 10 minutes before they filmed this. He was, was 40. 
He yeah. was 40 years old. 40 Tim. Years you, saw, old man. you saw the tombstone. So good. So genius. Loved every second of it. You have to be 40 to afford that hat that he had. That's true. He's had a good career. Um, but not only was the Firefly Funhouse good, of course, this led into what we knew it was going to lead into, which was Alexa versus Nikki. Um, and of course, there was you know a little bit of setup going in there uh, with the whole Randy Orton and Bray, um, which we'll talk about a little bit more here in a minute. But uh, I thought they had a great match between the two of them for the story purpose and everything else. Thought it was good. Yeah. You got Alexa sitting there channeling that, that, that Firefly Funhouse Bray Wyatt, that kind of laughing through the pain. Yeah. Laughing through the pain and then acts like she snaps out of it and plays it just so well. And kudos to Nikki too. Cause they both played this so perfectly. Like, you know, Oh, you've done it. You've saved me. It's like, thank God, my friend, big hugs oh no sister abigail <laughs> yeah yeah and, well, and bray earlier had said something that made me think you might be right he was talking about how you don't want to let a good friend like nikki go mm-hmm. so you may be onto something too you want to bring her to our side mm-hmm. and I, I and i that's what i'm hoping for and i think that's what's gonna happen um, i want to see a full-fledged fiend version of alexa bliss we got a little hint of it with the blood dripping out of the mouth. I want it to be all out. I want to see a demonic Alexa Bliss. Like her own crazy looking mask. And, yeah. And like, this is how you put people in mask and it look cool. Yeah. I'm looking at you, Retribution. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I'm not because I, I don't know where you've been. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about them another time. I have thoughts on, on Mustafa Ali. Uh, oh, good yeah. thoughts. Good thoughts oh yes, yes. They weren't on, so we'll we'll save it. But um but yeah, so that was that was fantastic. Love the match, of course. Alex picking up the win. Uh and I think hopefully it does lead to more people joining the fun house faction, I'll call yeah. them. Um but also want to bring up uh you know, we had the the last qualifier into this triple threat because we said AJ Styles makes it in there, but he had to go through Randy Orton to do it. It was a pay-per-view level match, at least a marquee matchup. Mm-hmm. Um, two heels. Two heels, um, but two really good veterans and had a good match. Uh, then, of course, we had The Fiend kind of pop in at the end, um, as we kind of expected, at least I did, um, that that was going to happen, uh, which ended up with distraction. And then AJ getting the phenomenal forearm, winning the match, setting up that triple threat for the number one contendership uh next week which is good and we move on we get randy versus the fiend um and we continue on this this train of going back and writing these wrongs that uh bray perceives from when he was just bray wyatt and the wyatt family um and i think it definitely comes out of this with the victory obviously that's where it's got to be going the question is what happens to Randy? Everyone that will he change? Yeah, will he change? That's been the running theme is that there's some kind of change happens after you lose to the fiend. Yeah. So I'm curious to see where they if they're hopefully they're thinking that way, and hopefully we get something like that to kind of continue that what would be ultra long term storytelling. Right. Um, so I'd love to see that. Um, but I figured we would um well anything else from Raw that you want mm-hmm. to to mention nope 
I figured we'd save for last because it is probably the biggest newsworthy thing that happened at, at Survivor Series, and that was uh, 30 years of the dead man and the basically the final farewell to The Undertaker and that character and him as a in-ring performer. Um, I was a little surprised that they saved this for the very end. Um, oh, I wasn't. I, I figured. I didn't think there'd would... be any, you know, I knew it was legit. And so I wasn't expecting any angle or anything like that. And so yeah, a lot it'd of be hard would... to go from that into a match. So well, that's true. That's yeah. true. Um, and we get this parade of, of uh, superstars and Savio legends. Vega. Savio Vega was there. We got the Godwins. The Godwins. I was like, the Godwins are here. Holy crap. Um and uh, of course, you got Flair, you got Michaels. Kane was the only one that really came down in character. Yeah, made sense though. Undertaker yeah. did too. So, and because they are synonymous synonymous with each other and have been for twenty years. Yeah. So uh, that did make sense. Um, but yeah, everybody comes down, and then you get McMahon comes out, and a very rare thing: McMahon said WWF. Yeah. That's a big deal. Yeah. And then, of course, he introduces The Undertaker, who comes down, and we get a Paul Bear hologram. My favorite part. Which I thought was nicely done. I yeah. really do. I mean, when used the right way, and especially in this, and because they were tied so closely together throughout the careers in WWE, that... It was it was it was sweet. It was just awesome. I really really enjoyed it. Um, yeah. The one thing I, I just as a kind of a funny note, I did think it was a little funny that they spent all this time bringing all these legends out, and then they kind of disappeared. I thought that too. Like, where did they go? Like, <laughs> Why? Did... Like you literally yeah, just brought them out to watch his last entrance. Yeah. Which, admittingly, I'd have bought a ticket. Sure. To be yeah. part of that moment, right in history, because that's a moment that I think some, especially if you're a newer wrestling fan, uh, like say even just the past ten years, you don't quite understand the the standard that the Undertaker has been, yeah, um, and the just the tentpole for the WWE over the years throughout the Monday Night Wars. You know, was a guy that never jumped. You go back and you talk about the Montreal screw job and how he was trying to find McMahon after that and figure out what the hell was going on. Because mm -hmm. he was that the epitome of the locker room leader. Yeah. The judge, as they've said about King's Court and holding court Re wrestler's backstage. court. Wrestler's court. <laughs> King's court. Jerry Lawler is King's Court. Yes, King's Court Jerry Lawler. But are you equating the Undertaker and Jerry Lawler, Jim? Is that is that our takeaway? From, from today god i hope not <laughs> <laughs> sorry taker i really am um, but yeah wrestler's court and him being the guy that kind of presided over that and helped settle backstage beefs and 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 squabbles that i mean what a what a what a career what a legacy um starting back again from 1990s survivor series it was 30 years to the day 
Yeah, that's crazy. To the day. To yeah. the day. So a lot of people have been like, uh, you know, we already said kind of he didn't have a formal goodbye, but uh, they're just dragging him back out. No, it made sense. If your Survivor Series is going to be 30 years to the day, that's kind you can't pass that opportunity up if he's willing to do it. Yeah. And 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 I think, you know, given the last stuff that he has done in the ring, of course, there's the Bill Goldberg Saudi Arabia match where they were it all went wrong it all went wrong it was thankful that they both got out without being seriously injured mm-hmm. um and then the tag match with kane and dx yeah and i mean a great cinematic match which was you know what it needed to be with aj styles with aj styles at this past yeah. wrestlemania um and i think he can hang his hat on that i really think he can yeah. Um, I just wish it hadn't have happened during the pandemic and, and fans could have been there. Yeah, this is definitely a moment you really wish you could have heard the fans showing yeah. appreciation live because you talk about live uh, TV and even though this is a pay-per-view and it's on their network thing, go as long as they really want. Right. That's a, that's, that's a fan reaction that probably goes five, ten minutes before you're able to move on to anything else because of all the chants and the thank you takers and we love you and the whole nine, one more match, you know, yeah, everything that say, they yell. You know, one more match is going to be in there. Yeah. yeah. Everything that they yell. Um, and I think, I think it's, I think it's definitely for real this time. I don't think I am with you. I don't think this is going to be, we're going to get to WrestleMania. It's like, Oh, here's taker coming back out one more time. If you watch the broken skull sessions, then it really seems like he's done. Yeah. I think he's finally reached that point and, and you know, good on him. He deserves yeah. a rest. <laughs> Guy's yeah. been going for so long. Yeah. And, and if you say goodbye 30 years to the day of your character's debut, don't undo that. You don't want to yeah. mess that up. That's too perfect. Yeah. Uh, I do think if we do get an actual hall of fame induction this upcoming year, that they'll probably go ahead and put him in. Oh, yeah. I think he'll be just, they won't wait. Yeah. It'll be like, no, let's do it. Let's put him in. Let's make it all about The Undertaker, the, you know, this past like six months. Uh, between Here, Here's how long his career was. His career, just as The Undertaker, not just not his yeah. entire career, just as The Undertaker, his career was longer than the span of time between the debut of The Undertaker and the JFK assassination. Wow. There's some math for you right there. There you go. That's why you are the professor. Which was also on November 22nd. So 27 years to the day after JFK was killed, The Undertaker debuted. And 30 years later, he retired the character. Crazy. There's some wrestling math that ties into history. Don't ever say we don't bring you a little bit of education on this when show I'm gonna use this stuff my students ask me when am i ever going to use this stuff well when you have a wrestling podcast that's right when you start a podcast start talking about wrestling you can use math too all right there you go. <laughs> but anyway yeah uh, a great farewell uh to a true icon in the business um i know i mean again i'll say it again just what a moment in history as a wrestling fan to witness um yep. But yeah, I mean, there's not much more to say but that. But uh, we do want to go into, of course, what we loved. One thing that we loved uh, this past week, and I'll go with mine first, uh, and that is 
the out as we talked about the whole cyberbullying thing with Lana, uh, I loved the outpouring of support from wrestlers from other promotions that immediately after Chronicle went out, they took to Twitter and they contacted, reached out in whatever way that they do to to show her, you know, hey girl, we love you. Don't stop. And I thought I thought that was just so positive. And that's when the community that's what I want the community to to champion and raise people up not keep trying to tear them down. Yeah. But I love that response. Yeah. For me, um, while it wasn't my very favorite match of the week, I do want to go back and again, call attention to Kaylee Ray versus Piper Niven from NXT UK. Uh, go watch that match folks. I think two stars were made in that match. If, if you want to argue they weren't stars already, I think uh, this was a turning point for both of them and they, they have officially arrived. Excellent point. Well, Thanks for joining us this week, and we'll be coming at you again next week, regular time, Wednesdays. Show usually drops around 6 a.m., so check it out on all your favorite podcasting uh, areas, iTunes, Spotify, Google, you name it. We're trying to get on it. If we're not there yet, we will be very, very soon. Thanks for tuning in, and we will talk to you next week. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at PlusWrestleCast. That's P-L-U-S-W-R-E-S-T-L-E-C-A-S-T. On Twitter, at Plus WrestleCast. You can also find me, at Timothy K. And Steven, at Bizarro Doom. Also, search for us on Facebook by just typing in Positively Wrestling. We hope you enjoy the show and we'll tune back in for many, many weeks to come. Thanks for listening to Positively Wrestling.